0: Yes, praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for taking time to join us to study the Word. And uh, if you've not been able to listen to the study we've done so far, we've done 23 books of the Bible. And we've started from the book of Genesis. Those are 23 books to where we are right now at the book of Jeremiah. And uh, if you've not listened to the podcasts we've done straight from Genesis, you can find them on our apps. That's Bible In-Depth Network on App Store, on Play Store. Then also on all podcast platforms like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, Spotify, name it, you'll find this podcast. there, you just search for Bible in depth and you'll be able to find all the study. There is no limitation to revelation. God will reveal his word to you. Even as you listen, God will reveal his word to you. Because there is no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. Everybody who opens their heart to God, when you read his word, when you listen, you'll get revelation. And guess what? It's new every morning. Every day there is a message for you that you can download from the Lord. So I ask you to please go and listen. and I believe the Lord shall bless you. Now we've done 36 chapters so far in our book of Jeremiah. And today I want us to continue with chapter 37. And it starts by saying, Now Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had made king in the land of Judah, reigned as king in the place of Coniah, the son of Jehoakim. We've looked at this before. Uh, the family of Josiah takes the reins in Judah. And now the second of the kings is Jehoakim. His son Jeconiah is also taken off because they are taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, taken into Babylon. And now you have Zedekiah, who is put as king. His name was Mataniah, but uh, it was changed to Zedekiah by Nebuchadnezzar himself. And he is given control over the region of Judah. He's practically like a king that has been placed there, like a puppet king, if you might call it, uh, to lead the people of Judah, placed there by their captor who is Nebuchadnezzar, but neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land listened to the words of the Lord, which he spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. Yet King Zedekiah sent Jehucal, the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Maaseiah the priest, to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Pray to the Lord our God on our behalf. Now Jeremiah was still coming in and going out among the people, for they had not yet put him in the prison. He was still roaming, free to move, still had his liberties. And uh, meanwhile, Pharaoh's army had set out from Egypt. And when the Chaldeans who had been besieging Jerusalem had the report about them, they lifted the siege from Jerusalem. Now, of course, Egypt is, is still strong, By the way, Egypt's strength does not end at uh, the crossing of the Red Sea, where they are drowned, no. They still come out and become a mighty nation, one of the powers of the world. And here they are setting out, they want to conquer or bring at least an end to the leadership or the control or the superpower state of Babylon. So when they hear that they've come out, they say, okay, Let's first move out and go attend to Egypt, which is wanting to cause chaos. Mm? So they leave Jerusalem. And remember also, Egypt comes out in an, a thought and uh, a desire to help Jerusalem. yeah, Because they had become allies of sorts with their connections with Zedekiah. So they set out and the Chaldeans, who are the Babylonians, decide we need to go. And uh, sought this issue, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, "Thus says the Lord God of Israel: Thus you shall, thus you are to say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of me: Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come out for your assistance, is going to return to its own land of Egypt. This is it. Pharaoh is coming to help you, Zedekiah, because you've sought alliance, you've sought assistance, but he's not going to succeed." because they are going to push him back to his land. That's what they are telling him. The Chaldeans will also return and fight against this city, and they will capture it and burn it with fire. Zedekiah stops paying tribute to Nebuchadnezzar. He gets different nations to ally even with Egypt and overthrow Babylon, which is practically impossible at this time. And now he's being told when they are done, Fighting your ally, the one whom you sought help for, which is Egypt, they will come back for you. They will burn your city. They will capture your people. Thus says the Lord, do not deceive yourself, saying the Chaldeans will surely go away from us, for they will not go. Jeremiah does not bring so much good news. Rather, he is speaking words that they would not want to hear. yeah. For even if you had defeated the entire army of the Chaldeans who were fighting against you and there were only wounded men left among them, each man in his tent, they would rise up and burn the city with fire. He's saying even if you kill the entire army, the wounded soldiers shall come and shall take over. Yeah, It's like it's doomed to happen. There's nothing you're going to change. Such things that are doomed to happen. When the word of the Lord has gone out, it will be fulfilled hook or crook, whatever it is, it will be fulfilled. The word came out about the captivity of Judah and it will be fulfilled. Now it happened when the army of the Chaldeans had lifted the siege from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army that Jeremiah went out from Jerusalem to go to the land of Benjamin in order to take possession of some property there among the people. Now Jeremiah looks okay. The people who had uh, caught us up have gone. Let me go. Remember, we read earlier in chapter thirty-two that he's told uh, to go to Anatoth and buy a field there. So he says, "Let me go," which is in Benjamin. Which Benjamin, remember, is part of the kingdom of Judah. Says, "Let me go and take possession of my property that's there among the people." And while he was at the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard, whose name was Iraja, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah, was there. And he arrested Jeremiah the prophet, saying, you are going over to the Chaldeans. Yeah? But Jeremiah said, it's a lie. I'm not going over to the Chaldeans. Yet he would not listen to him. So, Iraja arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. Of course, remember the issue was surrender to the people of Babylon. Surrender to the army of Babylon. When they see him, he's a prophet. He's well known. Yeah, They say he wants to surrender. We are not going to let that happen. Then the officials were angry at Jeremiah and beat him. And they put him in jail in the house of Jonathan, which they had made into a prison. Prophets speak for God. Sometimes the things they say are not very nice in the ears of those they tell them. So they anger officials. That's what they do. They beat him up. And sometimes you need to know that as a servant of God, or as somebody who ministers the gospel, or as a Christian, you will suffer some persecution. Yeah, There are those that are angered by your Christianity. There are those that are angered by the fact that you walk with God. Have you ever met people who are not happy with someone that stands for truth? And they don't like it like this person who, who always thinks they are the holiest of all. There are people that exist like that. And you enter into a persecution of sorts in your own terms here in this day and age. But for Jeremiah, he's beaten up and he's thrown into a prison. And that happens for servants of God. And we need to pray for them. There are people who go out there, missionaries, who go out to, to preach the gospel. And we need to pray for them and ask God to always help them, yeah? Respective of what they go through, that God may help them, yeah? And uh, they're beaten, they're killed. We read that in news and we see that and we pray for them all the time that the Lord and the hand of the Lord shall always be with them. So Jeremiah is beaten up and taken into prison, yeah? For Jeremiah had come into the dungeon that is the vaulted cell, And Jeremiah stayed there many days. Now, Zedekiah sent and took him out. And in his palace, the king secretly asked him and said, Is there a word from the Lord? Hmm? Zedekiah knows this man is always accurate. He knows this man speaks for God. So he asks, Is there a word? Do you have something to tell us Hmm? secretly? And Jeremiah said, There is. Then he said, you'll be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. Affliction, torture, persecution does not take away the truth. Even if they beat you and they persecute you, those who persecute you should know that does not change the facts. Jeremiah, after being tortured, could easily start to speak even for the Zedekiah, To tell him, okay, Babylon won't capture you. No, but he sticks to the truth. Whatever it is, we stick to the truth. If God has sent us out, whatever it is, we stick for him. We speak for him. We stand for him. We don't change our words because of situations and circumstances that are hard. And you remain loyal. You remain faithful. Even in your workplace, when things are hard, you still say, I am a Christian. Even in your family, when they're trying to do things that you don't agree with, you come out and say, I am a Christian. I believe in God and we don't do that. Jeremiah sticks to the word that God gives him and says, you will be given Zedekiah to the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah say to the king Zedekiah, In what way have I sinned against you? All against your servants. All against these people that you have to put me in prison. Jeremiah is asking, what have I done to you? I'm only speaking what God says. And now you're beating me up. You're throwing me in prison. When then are your prophets who prophesied? Where then are your prophets who prophesied to you? Saying the king of Babylon will not come against you. All against this land. Because remember there were prophets who were telling him, no, it won't happen. But now please listen, O my lord the king, please let my petition come before you and do not make me return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, that I may not die there. Then the king Zedekiah gave commandment and they committed Jeremiah to the court of the guardhouse and gave him a loaf of bread daily from the baker's street. Now they, he decides, okay, let me save you from the punishments that these people are taking you through. I give you a room to stay, and they'll also give you bread to eat daily. Yeah, You'll have it from here. They mention the baker's street because uh, occupations would occupy streets. So they would know that on that street, there are bakers. On that street, there are smelters. On that street, there are people who do this sort of economic activity, and they're the ones who take a street more or less like what you might find even today that there are streets that are occupied by a certain activity. So, he says, I'll give you bread from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone. So, Jeremiah remained in the court of the God house. Chapter 38. Now, Shephatiah the son of Matan, and Gedaliah, the son of Pasha, and Jaco, the son of Shelemiah, and Pasha, the son of M- Machijah, had the words that Jeremiah was speaking to all the people. Remember, when Jeremiah is put in that uh, guardhouse, the court is not told that don't get out. Even while he's there, he still proclaims, he still speaks. So these guys hear him, and they hear him saying, "Thus says the Lord: He who stays in this city will die, but the sword, by the sword, and by famine and by pestilence. But he who goes out to the Chaldeans will live." and have his own life as booty and stay alive. Thus says the Lord, this city will certainly be given into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Then the officials say to the king, now let this man be put to death, inasmuch as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in this city and all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the well-being of these people, but rather their harm. These officials are saying, we need to sort out this guy. We have prepared our people. We've told them when they come, we fight. He's telling them, you're going to lose even if you fight. So they don't want to hear what he has to say. They want to deal with him. And they say, we need to put him to death. So King Zedekiah said, behold, he's in your hands. For the king cannot do anything against you. Zedekiah has nothing to do. He had protected him, but now they've come out to ask for him again. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the cistern of Malchijah, the king's son, which was in the court of the guardhouse. And they let him, Jeremiah, down with ropes. Now in the cistern, there was no water, but only mud. And Jeremiah sank into the mud. Now, they want to deal with him. They are throwing him into a cistern. A cistern was a, a reservoir of sorts that was dug in the ground. Yeah, Some would do it in a rock. Others would just do it in the normal ground. And they dig. It would help them store rainwater. Yeah, All in case there was a spring, it would come and pour into that reservoir that they have dug and uh, there were very many in this land in their land in the palestine region so when you had periods of uh lots of uh heat and this drought you would have at least some surety that you have water that shall be there because people were mostly even dependent on the rain water so they would just channel the water and it gets into those riv- reservoirs. Being a, a nation that was on hills, water can't really stay much on top when it rains, so it will just flow down and enter into the reservoirs. Now, the size of these cisterns or reservoirs, they were deep. From what we know, they would be at least 100 feet deep. Now, that is where they are throwing Jeremiah, a hundred feet deep, down there. And you have many of them that exist because here we see that some are even private, like we see the one that they're throwing him into. It does not have water anymore, but it's a hundred feet deep. Now, what is it implying? It has not had water. There is mud now. It is empty, and you see they would use it as a prison. We saw even for Joseph, it is the same case. It is in such a place that is put. For Jeremiah, sad enough, it's muddy, and the Bible here is telling us that he is sinking in. They have confined their prisoner there. He is sinking in a hundred feet below. You need to imagine such a place. A hundred feet below when you look up, you see the stars from those who have dug pits and have told us. Even if it's daytime, you see the stars. It's dark down there. So that's a prison. They throw him into why? Because of what he has to say. Sometimes the gospel brings you trouble. They throw you into a pit. They throw you into prison. Sometimes standing for God leads you into trouble. They throw you into a pit. They say You will never leave that position. You shall never get a promotion because you think you're the holiest of all. You don't drink like we do. You don't do uh, parties and clubbing like we do. So, we shall put you there. You shall remain on that desk forever. They throw you in a pit, in darkness. That's what they did for Jeremiah. here, But Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, and Enoch, you know, so those who were those who dedicated their lives to serving God, they were often also castrated because they didn't have to do anything uh, concerning women. They, they were not to be in their company. They would actually most, most times keep the harem of the kings. Yeah, They would be put... The harem, those are the wives of the kings. They would put them under the, the protection of responsibility of the eunuchs because they were castrated. They never had affairs with women so they would be taking charge of them. So now there's one here called Ebed-Melech and he's a, an Ethiopian that we are told here. While he was in the king's palace heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. Now the king was sitting in the gate of Benjamin and Ebed-Melech went out from the king's palace and spoke to the king saying, My lord the king, These men have acted wickedly in all that they have done to Jeremiah, the prophet, whom they have cast into the cistern. And he will die right there because of famine and there is no more bread in the city. saying where they've put him. First of all, it's sinking mud. Second, it's too deep. And there's no food. Who's going to go and give him food from there in this scarcity? that we are going through. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Take 30 men from here, under your authority, and bring up Jeremiah the prophet, from the cistern before he dies. Before the man sinks and dies, in that mud, go pick him up. So Abedmelech melech took the men, under his authority, and went into the king's palace, to the place beneath the storeroom, and took from there worn-out clothes, and worn-out rugs, and led them down by ropes. And, uh, They are trying to get something that will pull him out. Yeah? And they let them down by ropes into the cistern to Jeremiah. Then Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Now put these warm, worn-out clothes and rags under your armpits, under the ropes. And Jeremiah did so. So they pulled Jeremiah up with the ropes and lifted him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah stayed in the court of the guardhouse. They've picked him up. They've taken him out. And all thanks goes to this Ethiopian Unok, who says, I will help him out. I will go speak to the king. You know, at whatever point it is, in whatever trouble you're going through, there are people who will always come from God that will be sent from God for your help. So don't worry. Don't be afraid. Whatever you're going through, whatever trouble you're going through, whatever persecution you're going through, trust in God. It could be persecution. And I really emphasize, it can even be at your workplace. And there's persecution you're going through because you're a believer. Do not fear. Do not worry. God shall come out and help you, just like he did for Jeremiah in this case. Then King Zedekiah sent and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance that is in the house of the Lord and said to him, Jeremiah, I'm going to ask you something. Do not hide anything from me. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, if I tell you, you will you not certainly put me to death? Besides, if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. But Zedekiah swore to Jeremiah in secret, saying, as the Lord lives, who made this life for us, surely I will not put you to death. Nor will I give you over to the hand of these men who are seeking your life. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, thus says the Lord, God of, us, God of Israel. If you will indeed go out to the officers of the king of Babylon, then you will leave. He does not change his words. Even in persecution, first they threw him in a dungeon. They pulled him out. He's safe. Still stuck to the words. Second, they threw him in a cistern. They pulled him out. He's safe. He does not change his words. So he's saying, if you go to the officers of Babylon, then you will leave. This city will not be burned with fire. And you and your household will survive. But if you will not go out to the officers of the king of Babylon, if you don't surrender to the army of Nebuchadnezzar, then this city will be given over to the hand of the Chaldeans. And they will burn it with fire. And you yourself will not escape from their hand. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I dread the Jews who have gone over to the Chaldeans for they may give me over into their hand and they will abuse me. But Jeremiah said, they will not give you over. Please obey the Lord in what I'm saying to you, that it may go well with you and that you may leave. But if you keep refusing to go out, if you refuse to surrender, Zedekiah he's telling him, this is the word which the Lord has shown me. Then behold, all of the women, who had been left in the palace of the king of Judah, are going to be brought out to the officers of the king of Babylon. And those women will say, your close friends have misled and overpowered you. While your feet were sunk in the mar, they turned back. They will also bring out all your wives and all your sons to the Chaldeans, and you yourself will not escape from their hand, but will be seized by the hand of the king of Babylon, and this city will be burnt with fire. He's still sticking to the word, saying the same thing. Keep, if God has sent you, keep on the same message. Don't change it because of the situation, the circumstance, the influence, the pressure. Keep on the same word. Yeah? And he tells him, let no man know about these words and you will not die. Zedekiah is telling him, okay, Jeremiah, don't tell anybody about this. But if the officials hear that I have talked with you and come to you and say to you, Tell us what you said to the king and what the king said to you. Do not hide it from us and we will not put you to death. Then you are to say to them, I was representing my petition before the king not to make me return to the house of Jonathan to die there. Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and questioned him, just like he had said, they are going to come and question you. So he reported to them in accordance with all these words which the king had commanded. And they ceased speaking with him since the conversation had not been overheard. So Jeremiah tells them what the king said, "Tell them, I've told you nothing." So Jeremiah stayed in the court of the guardhouse until that day Jerusalem was captured. That implies Zedekiah does not give up. he still stubbornly refuses to surrender. Thus judgment comes to them. So Jeremiah is safe, there is no more threat of death, and from that point until Jerusalem was captured, he remained under. Good, somewhat you may say hands because Zedekiah would protect him there. And uh, it is clear to us that he is a man who sticks to his words. It's clear to us that we need to always speak the truth even if it kills you. Trust in God to protect you. Trust in God to defend you. Trust in the Lord to help you a Christian shall suffer persecution. A servant of God shall suffer persecution. At one point in time, it may not be like that where you see missionaries that are having their heads cut off because of the gospel. All anything in that extreme nature, but it can happen to you even in your own family. And they say you, you, you left our religion of the family and you joined that salvation they call it sometimes a, a, a band. You went out to get saved. For us in our family, we don't accept that. That is persecution. And it can come. And all liberties are taken away. Inheritances are taken away from you. And they say you will not even be in my will. It can happen. That sort of persecution. But you don't revert. You don't change. You don't leave. You don't leave salvation. You stick to the word. You stick to the word. You stick to that which God has called you to do. It might be anywhere else, in your workplace, in your nation, wherever you're listening from. There's persecution that may be going on. But God tells us, giving us a clear example through Jeremiah, that irrespective of what you go through, you keep Delivering the word of God. You keep sticking to the word of God. And God shall keep you safe. It's not the trickery. It's not how sharp you will negotiate with them. No. God shall keep you safe. Stick to the word. Speak the word. And he will protect you. We shall close from there today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us that you show us the way. And today we pray, Lord, for everybody that is being afflicted because they believe in you, that is being persecuted. It could be in their family. It could be in their workplace. It could be in their nation. It could be wherever it is because they believe in you and they are sticking to your word and sticking to your principles and promises. We pray that, Lord, you may surround them, those that have been thrown in jail, in prisons, Lord, we pray that you deliver them. Take them out of that confinement. And mighty God, we pray that you always provide for your children. May they have food to eat. May they have clothes to wear. May they have everything they need, the missionaries that are out there. May they have all the supplies, the support they need to spread your word. Because your word is true. And all nations shall hear it and they shall be saved. We exhort you, give you glory and honor.